What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the R&R Pot of Film. I'm your host, Glenn Rodriguez. I'm back. I'm sorry I was gone for a while. Uh, and always with me is Cody Repass, who took over to took over the show and did a hell of a job. Uh, what's going on, man? Oh, dude, I'm just glad to see you back. <laughs> that was that was rough. I, I I listened to my crawl review. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I said the same word about 13 times. So I'm sorry to all the listeners. I hope. I made one or two people go see that movie though. That movie was awesome. That's what I hear. I'm I'm going to finally see it eventually here soon. So, um, I was. Hey man, you you did good for your first time solo show. Like you did really good. You did better than I did when I did my first show way back in the day. So, um, don't sweat it, man. You did well. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the four takes it took me to get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. It happens. That's what's the beauty about podcasting. You can start over. Um, today is a very special day since uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out this week. We wanted to do another uh, Quentin Tarantino movie, and today we're doing a double feature. We're going to be talking about Kill Bill One and Two. Uh, which is going to, this is going to be fun. So let's get right into it. Kill Bill 1 and 2 was directed by Quentin Tarantino. It was written by Quentin Tarantino, and it stars Uma Thurman, David Carradine, uh, Daryl Hannah, and the list goes on and on. Vivica Fox, Michael Madsen, all the who's who of uh, the Quentin Tarantino universe, if you want to say. And, and a lot of uh, awesome hong kong kung fu uh, legends like like uh sunny chiba and and all those things so let's get right into it let's start with you man um because i can talk about this movie both of these movies forever and i've i think i've done it on many occasions on many different shows so i want to hear what you have to say we're starting with the first movie and then we're going to after we give our score for the first film we're going to transition to the second one so starting with the first let's talk about some of your you know the good so starting off, that opening fight scene is just awesome and sets a tone for the entire movie. Uh, <laughs> fighting in just in a house, just whatever weapon you can find, whatever knives, uh, table like table pieces, just anything and everything, and we're gonna fight, and someone's gonna die. And of course, it's Tarantino, so the way it's shot is is just amazing. And Uma Thurman was was great as as our Kill Bill uh, lead actress, and all the animated stuff, like all of the animated stuff, like was second to none, and not something that you typically see in a movie like that. But it was really, really done well in this. I know that's that's the thing too. It had a little bit of everything for everyone, and it touched on like the Hong Kong kung fu films, and it also touched on Jap because they go to J- Japan, and like I said in the beginning, there you know some Hong Kong uh, kung fu legends, but there's also some Japanese uh, kung fu legends too, and and it was really cool to see anime represented in this too. Very like brutal animation, um, anime stuff, which killed it was so good oh yeah straight over the top gore this was one of the first true gore fest tarantino movies <laughs> he went for it uh, this movie does not shy away from gore in any 
imagination, whether it's animated or whether it's Uma Thurman cutting limbs off their heads or whatever, it goes all for it. I think one of my favorite things when I think I know, and this is something that I always talk about, um, and I'm going to go to the end of the first film first, because to me, it's one of my favorite things in film history. And this is a very good praise. So um, when the bride and um, the, uh, Oren Ishii are fighting in that garden and it's very quiet and they're standing there and they're, they're basically like a standoff. And that thing in the corner that is just, it's like a water thing and it's just filling up and it goes and it fills up yeah. again. And it's just such a beautifully framed scene, especially that first, that first, like when they're standing off, but that whole sequence of them fighting with the sword and then her, cutting the scalp off of Oren. Um, just beautiful. The snow, like just a beautiful set, beautifully shot. It just, it, it you could tell that they used to be cool and they had respect for each other. Um, but someone had to die and the bride wasn't going to die. Yeah. That, that whole Tokyo scene, the whole third act is just <laughs> pure madness from start to finish. Like I, I, I don't even want to know how many bodies were just in there i love that uh uma thurman or the bride whatever you want to call her i love how she was like if you can crawl get out of here you're free uh but leave your limbs they're mine now oh yeah um it's just awesome the crazy 88s uh led by Oranishi, and then you also had gogo yubari and then you had um uh what was his name uh uh forget his name now it's I'm, I'm looking it up now because i'm gonna i don't want to i don't want to mess it up um oh his name was there it was it was like right on the front page uh, i always <laughs> forget his name i know his actual actor name is gordon Liu. he's from china he's just he's been in so many amazing uh kung fu movies that i used to watch when i was younger um i love kung fu movies they're one of my favorite things his name's johnny mo he was kind of the leader of the crazy 88s um but just yeah the whole the whole time they're in japan is just the just that one long tracking shot when she enters the bar our restaurant thing and then uh the yeah um the five six seven eights the band are playing and it's just oh it's as a filmmaker and and a geek for like you know cinematography it was second to none i just it tickles me every time i see it yeah, the sheer chaos that ensues in the entire third act is it's one of the best third acts that I've I've seen in a long long time. I going back to when she tells everyone they can leave if they're still alive, but her their limbs belong to her now. The lawyer of uh uh Oshii, I can I can never say that name. But uh, not, she when she yells, "Not you, Stumpy! You stay!" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I I popped. It was awesome. Sophie Fatale. Um, I was good. Uh, I loved the opening shot in, in the black and white or sepia, whatever it was, with the bride laying on the ground. She's beaten and bloodied, and you hear Bill's footsteps and David Carradine. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, delivering someone some great lines there um 
and she's about to say something and she gets shot in the head, but she survives. It's the, it's just like, you know, the revenge movie, like typical setup, but it's, it's awesome. It just, that's what this movie is. It's a, uh, it's a tribute to the revenge movie, the Kung Fu movie, the samurai movie, anime, spaghetti Westerns. Like there's just so many tribute. That's, that's what Quentin Tarantino in a nutshell is. He's a tribute filmmaker. He, every movie he makes is a tribute to things that he grew up loving. And you know, that this guy has never been, um, he was, he didn't go to college his his film school was working at a video store and it, it it's perfect because like it, it works <laughs> yeah he's definitely one of one of his like one of the best uh directors producers writers out there and he does stuff his way and it is distinct in what it is and what it wants to be there's not another soul on this planet that could have directed Kill Bill the way he did or had the vision to even make it the way he did. Oh, yeah. Um, any other goods for you? Uh, I think that's about it. I, we we kind of bounced off each other. Just pretty much this entire movie is a good for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I don't have any bad or like there's literally nothing about either movie that I it, this is another, you know, I don't even need to tell you my score. Everyone should know what it is. I'm not even going yeah. to say it. You just, you, we just move on. <laughs> I uh, I have no bad and I have no ugly, of course. If I have no bad, there can't be any ugly. But I I gave it 4.5. It it was it was insane. Just it's Tarantino, so you expect quality, but everything that's brought together, like you said, I mean, he he brings together so many different things. Whether, whether it's anime, gore, action, thriller, drama. I mean, he brings it all together, and it's it's just a fantastic movie. Um, one more good for me before we end the, this first segment here. Um, when she's in Tokyo in the beginning and, you know, she goes to that sushi bar and it is actually Hattori Hanzo, um, just the whole scene, like the honor scene where he's presenting the sword to her it's so elegant i love the japanese language and i love like samurai jack like the, the i i watched this movie the other day it's actually referenced in the second um kill bill which we'll get to uh called uh what is it called um uh something assassin um damn it i just the silent is it the silent assassin? no it's deadly assassin Something, it, like, something that. like that. But I watched the actual version from Japan. There's it's two movies that they take that one, a Shogun Assassin. That's what it was. So yeah, that's it. That's it. So the Shogun Assassin, the American. That's that's the American version. But what they did was they stripped some scenes from the first movie and then all of like the second movie. And I watched both of the original Japanese, and it just blew me away. If you if you have ten extra dollars um, out there. Go to the Criterion Collection. It's called the Criterion Channel. It's got all the classics and Criterion Edition movies, and it's just oh, it's so great. But anyway, um, <laughs> Sonny Chiba is you know, and it's cool. He's playing on Tori Hanzo, which was from a Japanese show. I think it was called like Shadow Warriors or something like that. And each season was a different um, era of Tori Hanzo. So it's a nice little tribute to play that character in this era of you know um uh, of of life i guess you can say of like you know 
of time, which is really awesome. But uh, and his voice over there at the end, too, um, when everything is like kind of calmed down and she's on her on the plane and it's kind of like the beginning of the of her like trip, basically um, his 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 uh, voiceover is great. And, and of course, the end, like, you know, when you find out that. The baby survived. The baby survived. Spoiler. If you haven't seen this movie yet, then you've been living under a rock. Uh, I, I can't help you if you haven't seen this yeah, movie. If you're listen- you're listening to this review. <laughs> if you are listening to this, listen to the show, you're probably a film fan. You've probably seen it, but if you haven't, sorry for ruining that for you. But go watch it. It still doesn't take away from the movie. But I remember Not when I all. first saw it. So I saw the first one at, at home, and then I saw the second one in a showing um at a theater back in the day so it was it was cool to to see that moment because i was so shocked did not see that coming so it made the second movie even better for me knowing that the stakes were higher you know oh absolutely like it was the perfect it's a tarantino-esque ending to a movie but it it was the perfect ending knowing that they were going to do a sequel exactly uh my score is five points five stars Holy Grail. Man, you were on a run yeah. of Holy Grails. Oh, it will go down. Trust me. It'll <laughs> it won't last forever, I promise. Just when we when when I knew we were gonna do Kill Bill on um, both films, I knew that I was gonna be go a little overboard with scores, but it's fine. It's what I feel. I think they're classics. I think they're they're they should be held up to some of the best cinema of all time. That's just my opinion, and that's okay. Um You know, you're you're gonna break my heart when when we do Jaws on Shark Week, if you don't give it a perfect score, oh, you don't, you don't, you you you'll you'll be very surprised what I give that. Um, let's go into the second film. So again, same players, same same director, same writer. We don't need to um, talk about that. But let me ask you, because um, this one is a little different from the first movie. It's a little more story. It's more exposition. It's more. Um, a lot more dialogue and some of my fair dialogue comes from this, this second uh, film. So let's start with you. Like some of your good. The first thing I, I have to bring up is the buried alive sequence. Oh yeah. And, and the whole scene that is just straight up terrifying. I, I do not do well with claustrophobia. Like it's, but even in movies, like specific movies, like just freak me out. Uh, that, was, that was another thing that I really, really enjoyed about Crawl is the tension and like the fear of drowning and how claustrophobic it is. But that scene was, ooh, that scene was sketchy. Yeah, it's, I remember watching that in theater and feeling that. And I liked the way she got out. And I'm going to go back to um, a character uh, that has been in other films too. And it's cool that they referenced him and got, you know, uh, Gordon Liu to play the, the character too. And just the, the training. And I love the way they set it up where they're sitting at the, the, the fire and Bill's telling her about this guy. And then they start walking up those long stairs and like, or she does. But, um, I just thought, uh, I'm trying to find his name. I don't want to mess it up. I, I used to know all this by heart, but Pai Mei. So when she goes up and starts training with Pai Mei, I love that sequence. It took me back to old Kung Fu movies. I'm just, I'm yep. a little child again. And it's just brilliant. Absolutely. And 
then like the trailer park showdown uh, with Bud and I uh, shoot I'm drawing a blank on her name. Um, uh, oh, L Driver. Uh, yeah, and like the the Mamba, the whole uh, the whole Mamba and the briefcase of money thing that was awesome. And then uh, good old Uma Thurman coming in and saving the day. Oh yeah, I like that too. Um, Michael Madsen, man, he. So Michael Madsen's one of those old guys that's been around forever and has been in been in really low budget movies, been in really big budget movies, but he's a staple in Tarantino world. Um, you know, first time I ever saw Michael Madsen, I think, was the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs. So, you know, getting the his introduction in the Quentin Tarantino movies, you know, it's typical for me because I love Tarantino movies and seeing him in this was great. And he played, you know, Bud Gray, Bill's brother, um, which is funny in Pulp Fiction. Uh, John Travolta's Vincent Vega, um, Michael Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs, they're brothers. So if they ever made a Vega Brothers movie, that'd be great. But they're too old now. They just wouldn't work. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that scene, too. Another uh, cameo. I, we talk about cool cameo too is when bud goes to the strip club where he works and gets fired uh sid Haig is the bartender um you might know him as captain spaulding from the the rob zombie um uh firefly flammy movies which is house of a thousand corpses devil's rejects and uh three from hell which is coming out this uh fall which i'm excited about so um it was cool to see him there absolutely and then if you're talking good about Kill Bill 2, the way the sequel ended, it was such a satisfying ending mm-hmm. because they brought everything from the first episode or volume one into volume two. They did Tarantino, you expect precision and well thought out ideas and it to be exactly what you want. And he brings everything together and stuff you may have forgotten about. They may have mentioned it once in the first movie. It pops back up in the second movie. Then the whole uh, five fingertip uh, touch for the exploding heart. I, I had forgotten about it. Yeah. And that's how, of course, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, sorry, but that's how she kills Bill. Like that's, just amazing like I, I i i that was my favorite part of the whole movie and i i loved that trailer park showdown but it doesn't hold a candle to the to the ending yeah the ending was great just the whole sequence when he shoots her with the the truth serum and he gives that dialogue or that monologue about superman i i it was awesome but just the way like that the, the reveal of the, the kid is still alive and she gets to have that cool moment with her when she first sees her and um, they watch Shogun Assassin and they go and they, they deal with that and they, she kills Bill. It's, it's a very satisfying ending and, and, and all the stuff that you, she's been through, you're like really rooting for. Um, another good for me is the whole scene with the pimp Esteban. Um, Michael <laughs> Parks, rest in peace is one of my favorite actors. And I got introduced to Michael Parks back in, I think from, uh, from dust, the first from dust to dawn, he played Earl McGraw, the, the sheriff, which he was in, in the, in for, in kill bill one. 
um, which is awesome. Then he reprised that role. Um, and he's been in so many cool films like Red State's one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. And he was so he deserved an Oscar for that movie. He was just so good as that crazy priest. Um, but he was good as Esteban. You almost believe that it is an actual um, a Mexican you know, you really think he's that that guy, and he he was kind of a demented pimp, and and you could see the damage he did to that one girl, and um, it's just all these characters that know Bill. It's so funny that Bill is known across the world, and uh, even a, a lonely pip, pimp like Esteban knows him. But they're the back and forth between her and uh, and him was really good. Yeah, I agree, and then. The the opening five minutes of the movie with it just being a still shot of uh, her driving in a car. What I mean, it looks cheesy as all hell, but the way she she says, "Blah blah blah, I've killed so and so and so and so and so and so, and now I'm gonna kill Bill." Oh. And then it cuts into uh, the music and everything, and then how it goes back and says about the El Paso massacre. How it wasn't a wedding, but it was a wedding rehearsal. Yep. And it goes through all that. That was really, really cool. The cool little cameo by, uh, um, I don't know if you noticed, but there's, you, you already know Samuel L. Jackson. That's, that's blatant. But, but, um, her husband, the, the, her husband to be the, the, the groom is none other than the guy who did the makeup and special effects for Halloween 2018. He played the cop that everyone hated. I thought yeah, it was I still hate that guy. Still pretty funny, and I liked how he died and how his head got turned into a uh, jack o' lantern. <laughs> want a pawn me sandwich? Yeah. No, I don't want a pawn me sandwich. I wish that fucking scene wasn't in the movie. <laughs> it was a cool little cameo to see him in there, though. But yeah. um, but yeah, I thought that 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 scene was really cool too, and to see him show up, uh, Bill show up, and um, just the way that it was such a heartbreaking scene because everyone is so excited and. And Samuel Jackson's playing the piano, I and mean, you can't hate on it. You know, it's 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 good. It's good. I, I thought it was really cool that she was like, "This is my dad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So, um, any more good? I do not have any more good. I've pretty much talked about most of the movie. <laughs> okay. Any uh, uh, bad or ugly for you? I do have one bad, and it's not a terrible or anything. It's definitely not an ugly. But this one is a lot slower than the first movie for me. Mm-hmm. I, I the highs are still just as high as Kill Bill one, but the lows are a little bit lower and it lulls in a few too many places for me. It, it's it is definitely a lower score than than the original for me. Okay, that, and that's fair. I know, and I've heard that criticism a lot. Um, but that's what you get when you add. 25-ish minutes to a movie and a lot of it's just straight dialogue and with Tarantino you're getting long single shot pieces of dialogue that I mean you may watch someone walk to you for 15 seconds and then they speak and then they turn around and start to walk away so that for some people it really works and then some just want it sped up a little yeah um I have one more good, and I love the the end song, um, the credits uh, with all the the cast 
Um, it did like a grand like little ending to the to the movies. Um, it's Malagueña Saladosa. It's a song by, it's a it's a traditional Mexican song, but it was redone by a band called Chingon, which means badass in Mexican or Spanish. That's I shouldn't awesome. say Mexican. There's no such thing as Mexican. It's it's Spanish. Should I should say that? Um, uh, but it's awesome. And the guitar player in that band. Robert Rodriguez. So, shout out to Robert That's Rodriguez. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, there's a video on the Kill Bill 2 DVD Blu-ray, whatever you get it, um, the, with a live performance of it. It's so good. It's such a killer song. So, um, so yeah, uh, score? I'm going to give it a, a four. A solid four. I almost went 3.75. It's not quite on the level of the original for me, but it's still with, with the satisfying ending and just all around really, really quality scenes throughout the movie, even with the lulls, it's still a four for me. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to give it a 4.75. So I feel like giving it a <laughs> Holy grail. I like it better than the first one only because I am a dialogue guy, but I think it'd be overkill to not to say and not agree and or disagree with you on um, the the lulls. There is a few lulls in there, and I get it. And sometimes when I'm watching it um, at late night, sometimes I'll put it on, I'll I'll fall asleep. But hey, it's four four and a four point seven five are not terrible scores by any means. Not at all. Classic that movies. Is a quality. That's a qual. That this double feature here, it's going to be hard pressed to find another two part franchise just original and a sequel that can match up i mean we had a a five and a four and a half and a 4.75 and a four for the two movies like i mean it's tarantino but you talk any other two movies it doesn't even have to be uh, original and a sequel just any other two movies that go together and the scores are gonna really really be tough to beat this this too yeah and um looking to towards the future um there was a rumor going around i don't know if it's still there i don't think he's actually shot it down i know he used to but then he kind of like backed off of it a little bit um that there could be a volume three and if if i had any i think i had an idea back in the day it would follow um uh, uh the daughter of of uh, uh vernita green um Vivica Fox character trying to kill the bride, which would be interesting. So Oh yeah, I'd I would be all in on that. Like yeah. just take my money now or have it be the the daughter of uh Vanita Green and then the daughter of the bride they, trying to kill each other. That would be pretty epic. Um maybe you could do an adult go go. That would be pretty sweet. Um or oh, she's dead, never mind. Um yeah, she got a or, ball to the spike ball to the head. Or you could do, uh, you could have uh, Vanita Green's daughter kill the bride, and then the bride's daughter going after her. I mean, there's so many different things, but if Tarantino signs on to do it, I'm all in. I know I'm he's. Just, I know he's been saying after ten movies, it's he's calling it, and he's going to go write books, not fiction, and. Uh, movie uh history books which i'm all down i would love to read a book by quentin tarantino i'd i would own all of them first editions whatever like it'd be i'd be down but 
Um, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Yeah, I know. It's going to be tough. <laughs> I know that he's making a Star Trek movie, which is very interesting to me. Um, but I really hope he does an original again or goes back to Kill Bill universe. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's coming out this week and we're going to reviewing oh, it. Um, I'm so ready. Yes. I'm so ready. We are, we are going to review this thing on... Sat on Saturday. Yeah, we're, it's it's got to be Friday night or Saturday, and we're popping that review out for everyone because it's Quentin Tarantino, and I I need it in my life like yesterday. I need to I need to move to a place that does advanced screenings. I, I've I've seen so many people that have already seen it, and I'm jealous. That's what I miss about LA, man. When I lived out there for five years, that's all I did was doing advanced screenings and. Um, Quentin Tarantino owns uh, the New Beverly, which is a very small uh, theater. Um, it's one room. Um, it's old 35 millimeter uh, projector still. Um, very old school. He owns it. And they usually do like every once in a while, they'll do Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair, which is just both movies, not even back to back, all edited as one movie. So um, oh, I'd be all in to do that. I'd, That'd be cool. I've done so many things there. Like I've done... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and the cast was there except for Robert England because he was busy or something. Um, I did Halloween 6, the producer's cut there. It was before it was released on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, so it was, like, really cool. And it's a really cool theater. Now that he owns it, he's he does screenings all the time and um, of stuff, and sometimes he'll show up, sometimes he won't. Um, and also, they he you know he curates all the uh, all of the of the of the films that are played there. Like there's a lot of old stuff around Halloween time. There's a lot of old horror films. It's just really cool place that's just on Beverly Boulevard and or Avenue or whatever it is. Um, and it's just really cool. And uh, they're doing so. If you're in the Los Angeles area, they're doing like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there. Uh, uh, and it's sold out for the most part for all the showings for like a week straight, but there's a couple like after that week, go see it there. It's, it's a pretty cool experience, but, um, what else is coming to get out there? Oh, you do, dude. Like I'm, I have a plan to move back there in like a year or two. So you're always welcome when I go back. <laughs> oh, I bet I'll be there. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, tell us what or tell the people what's coming up. So we've got a ton of stuff coming out. We've got, of course, our our weekly show. We've got uh, Summer of 84, The Town, uh, Booksmart. We've got tons of movies coming out. But as you know, Shark Week is next week. And we are going to review a shark film Sunday to Sunday, eight films total, one a day, and... We're just going to go ahead and announce it right here. We're starting with Jaws, the best shark movie. Of course, it's easily the best shark movie. It's the best movie of all time, in my opinion. But we're starting with Jaws. So you can expect that when Shark Week starts on Sunday. I think it's July 28th. I think so. But we've got new releases that we're going to be popping out. We've got our weekly reviews that we're going to do every Wednesday, of course. And then we've got Shark Week. And then we haven't even talked about later on in the year when Star Wars, the new Star Wars comes out. We're going to do something big for Star Wars because, I mean, it's Star Wars and it's episode nine. We got to go all out. And also tell them about, and I'm excited for that, by the way, but tell them about uh, uh, the fan uh, Friday 
uh, oh, for yeah, July. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, good brother Nate uh, asked us to review American Psycho, and we put it in the poll. He actually asked us to review American Psycho or Nightcrawler, and those were the two that were fighting it out in the poll, and American Psycho won. So the last Friday of July, I believe it is. Oh wow! It's next Friday. That is that is right after this. Yep. Right after you get this, you'll get you'll get our fan vote Friday before our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood review goes up. So you're gonna get you'll you'll have just listened to to this review, Kill Bill one and two, our double feature. Then you'll get the fan vote Friday. Then you'll get Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then Shark Week starts. So all the content is coming right at you. I'm really excited for American Psycho. I mean, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And I like talking about good movies. Eventually, we'll start talking about some bad movies. But I'm not trying to watch terrible movies at any time. So if I haven't seen them and I've heard they're really bad, we're probably not going to review them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be because I don't actively want to waste my own time. Like if it's a new release, yeah, I'll go watch it. And if it's terrible, yeah, that sucks. But yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, but yeah, so, so much, so much stuff. And that's not even counting like all, all the weekly reviews we've got coming up. Anytime there's a new release that's coming out, that's had, that's a sequel of any kind or has a companion film of some sort, we're going to review it the week the new release comes out. So you can look forward to it 2017. We're going to review it two days before we go see the new one later on this year. The new trailer is amazing, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. Uh, we're going to do uh, The Dark Knight right before Joker comes out because rest in peace, Heath, Heath Ledger, one of the best performances ever. Yep. Uh we're going to do First Blood for Rambo when the new Rambo comes out. Uh, Stallone's going to live forever. Uh, there's just, I, I literally would have to look at my phone and we'd be here like 30 minutes. All the <laughs> stuff that we got planned. It's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. These next few months are going to be just wild. And I can't wait. Um, you can find us on all social media at RR uh, Film Pod. Uh, and uh, that's uh, Twitter and Stardust and uh, Letterbox and. Yeah, um, we also have shirts, so go to T Public and um, I think it's what tpublic.com slash our film pod. There you go, get a T-shirt and uh, some new yeah, buy some new buy, uh, d- you- buy a T-shirt. Get I mean buy a pillow, buy a tank top. It, I don't know where people live that are listening to this, but it's like a hundred and twenty degrees here with the heat index. Yeah. I want a tank top. Oh so, hell yeah! Uh, we'll get we'll get some more designs up soon, but. All I can say, I own the black, just regular black R and uh, R pot of film shirt, and it looks damn good on those shirts. I, I'm about to go buy another one. Well, hell yeah, man. Well, that is all the time we have for R and R pod of film. I've been your host, Glenn Rodriguez, and always with me is Cody Repass. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. See you.